Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Carson Justin Golf Podcast. This is our seventh episode, and we've got a lot to talk about this evening. It's a sunny evening here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, 61 degrees today. So the golf season is uh, right around the corner there, Justin. Yeah, definitely. Stepping outside today, it's not much difference from the inside house temperature and the outside house. So very, very exciting for the golf season coming up here. Exactly. So, you know, as most of our, our listeners know, you know, we've missed two straight weeks of golf. So we've, we've taken some time off, um, busy part of the year, getting ready for the golf season, getting the, you know, our games in gear and uh, getting mentally prepared. Um, but we've got the Honda Classic to talk about and then the legendary Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll give you guys a quick recap of both of those and then We've got a big discussion on the big tournament that is coming up this next week, and that's the players. Yeah, so players. Be ready for the players discussion because that's going to be going to be a big one. But Justin, I'll start. I'll start off with this question: What were your thoughts on on the Honda Classic and the the performance of Keith Mitchell in that final round? Yeah, that was a, one of the mo- more exciting finishes we've seen, um, honestly, on the PGA Tour this this season. True. Keith Mitchell. At about a 15-footer on 18 to win it, and he knocked it right in the center, big left-to-right breaker. Uh, he played tremendous coming down the stretch. I don't exactly remember how far under he was, but he, he rallied. He, he dug deep. You could tell how bad he wanted it and tied at eight under coming down 18, tied with uh, Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. Those are some big names, and maybe he could be thinking, my name doesn't really fit up there with those guys, you know, crumble under the pressure, make a bogey. But, no, he's – Gets down there, gives himself a look, and knocks it right in. And um, Keith Mitchell gets his first PGA Tour win at 25. So, congrats to him. Uh, it took some guts to uh, finish off the way he did, and now he's uh, he's part of the winner's circle. Exactly. You know, Justin, that tournament really looked like it was just basically bound to be uh, a massive playoff. Yeah. Um, I know everyone was actually really looking. I know I was. I was looking forward to seeing that playoff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we can't forget, and, you know, a lot of the listeners may have forgotten, but Vijay Singh was in contention until on the 17th hole he dumped his iron shot in the water. He had a chance to win the Honda Classic. <laughs> 57, I believe 57 years old. He would have been the oldest winner uh, or the oldest player ever to win on tour um, by like three or four years, a margin of three or four years, which is incredible. Um and that really shows, you know, Justin, we see a lot of videos of VJ on, on uh, Instagram, but he, he, he hits the, the weight room hard. Yeah, he trains as hard as anybody, I believe, um, one of the golf commentators said, and he's actually uh, best friends with my uncle. So, That's true. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were pulling for VJ to, to get the win. It's unfortunate we saw him hit really just a terrible pull on 17 that ended up going in the water, but but it was, it was a good run and um, unfortunate it had to end that way for him, but, but Hey, maybe that says he'll be around here in the next coming years to actually get that tournament win as the oldest winner ever on the PGA tour. That'd be quite, quite the scene. It it sure would. You know, he's a guy who I think, you know, Justin, you said right after the tournament, you know, watch out for VJ and the Masters. And I really, I, I don't really disagree. I think that, <laughs> I think that VJ could be the type of guy that the Masters and somehow gets his way into contention. He's definitely not going to win, in my opinion. <laughs> but I, I think he, he, along with Fred Couples, those those guys who are who are hard workers and 
and just you know are real veterans of the game, they they can find themselves or find their way up there in major championships. Especially if the score is closer to par, you know, if you get the right. leaders at, if you get the leaders around, you know, six or seven under after the first two days, you you could definitely see them at one or two under, um, and competing uh, in the over the weekend, and you know, say ten under wins the tournament. I mean, you might be able to see an older guy like VJ get close to that that total. Uh, he just proved he's capable of it. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, I got VJ as my front runner for the Masters. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, Justin, Keith Mitchell, obviously that's his first time winning on tour. An incredible feat um, for, you know, a guy like him who's really worked hard to, to make his way on tour. But, you know, another question for you, do you feel that really heading into any tournament, obviously we're not in the era of Tiger domination. It may, it may come soon again. Tiger may start to dominate <laughs> tournaments again but we aren't there at this moment. Do you really think that anybody in the field can win the, the tournament, um, any given tournament on the PJ tour, anybody who shows up? Because that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting. Definitely. Uh, you really don't know. I mean, who, who's going to win? Uh, we had a couple really good picks, but you know, we had some background to kind of, to kind of help us make those picks over the last few weeks, like with, with Phil and with, um, so with Rory and DJ and, and they were playing well at um tournaments they usually play well at but hey you got these you got these fields with all these all these unknown names and known names and then you see the leaderboard at the end uh coming out on sunday and there's probably 20 people within five shots and uh and they have all types of names and you just really don't know like keith mitchell came out of nowhere and um you thought fowler and kepka were gonna go to a playoff for for the trophy and then keith mitchell comes out of nowhere and takes it so and then um yeah, just anybody could win. I get the same feeling. You know, Justin, we've been, I believe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're two for three, and they're both your picks out of the tournaments that we've we've selected picks for. Yeah. Um, two, two of the three, I think we our picks combined have uh, picked the winners, and both of them were Justin's two weeks in a row. But, yeah, and then you, um, Rory, you picked Rory, and he got second. So That's right. That's right. And that's our goal let our listeners know we're going to pick you know for every week that we actually come on and do a podcast and since the golf season is starting to starting to come around here in, in uh, indiana and the weather's getting better we're going to do these podcasts more often we're going to try to pick the winner each week you know if justin picks it that counts if i pick it it counts we're just as a team we're going to try, just try to pick the winner and see yeah. how many weeks in a row we can get um so that'll be pretty exciting but overall i think just the message is congratulations to uh, Keith Mitchell, fantastic uh, first PJ Tour victory, a great first place to win at at, at PJ National. Jack Nicholas, the Bear Trap. Uh, if you win there, you can put yourself up um, in the list of, of great tour players because it takes a lot of guts to win at a golf course like that. Definitely, uh, I was not playing easy whatsoever. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Keith Mitchell had had a heck of a final round. I don't remember the exact score he had, but to play as well as he did with uh, he did. with the with the no wins going into that, lots of pressure and a very tough course with lightning fast greens. I mean, it's just all the props to him, and I expect to see him uh, win some more events. Um, definitely, exactly. he's a young player, and he's got a lot of potential. And I'm sure 
I'm sure we're going to see some more, some more up and coming stars, just like them. Like we were saying with all the, with the huge variety of players out there in the field, you got all the big names and little names and, and really anybody could win any given day, shoot any given score on any given course. Uh-huh. Overall, I'd say the Honda Classic has been the best tournament on tour so far this year. It was exciting coming down the yeah. stretch. It was maybe the most exciting. Now, moving on to the next tournament, obviously the um, very, very legendary event, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We found out early in the week that Tiger Woods had withdrawn due to a neck strain that was awfully deflating for me. I think I almost started like crying. <laughs> I kind of slammed down my phone and I'm going, well, that just ruined my whole week. <laughs> what, what were you thinking, Justin, when he, when he announced that? Yeah, it was a, it was a little, um, little sad to see that he wasn't going to be in the field. Cause he's obviously the number one guy you want to see watch. Like, like, I like how you said before, there's not like a, like tiger dominating the tour, but even though he's not winning as much, he's tiger still dominating the tour. He <laughs> is tiger, tiger. Yeah, he's still dominant. But, but yeah, as we were saying, uh, I was disappointing to not see him playing, but you realize the players is the week after and he would, he'd rather have the players. Um, and he just wanted to make sure his body's, completely tuned up for for the players so um he had a little neck a little neck soreness didn't feel like he could go 100 percent and really win win the most recent tournament he wanted to make sure he'd be able to be 100 percent and really compete in the players knowing tiger the players exactly (laughs) knowing tiger justin i think that that he realizes how big the, the players is this week coming up and uh I just wouldn't be surprised if his ne- – I mean, his neck definitely was probably bothering him. But I, I think he just wanted to rest and prep for the playoffs. I, I think this I think this really could be his week. But we'll, we'll get to that later when we're actually um, giving you all the listeners um, the, the playoffs preview. Um, but how about Francesco Molinari winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Fantastic final round. He's kind of a dark horse player. He won the Open uh, this past year. At Carnoustie, a course that I'm actually going to get a play this summer, which is going to be incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, and he beat Tiger Woods there. I mean, he can can stack up with the greatest in the game. Um, and he, he really doesn't have that that standout type of game. He's just that, that player that just sort of plods along and plays very consistent golf. He's got a great golf swing. And every once in a while, he finds himself in the top of the leaderboard after four days. Um it was just a fantastic performance in that final round. Um, Justin, what do you see out of Francesco Molinari that, that is just so, so impressive? I really think it's just his, his mental toughness. He just seems very mentally sound. Uh, he's obviously, like you said, not like a standout personality or a standout um, like act of a golfer you got to go see on the course. But, but he just goes about his business very professionally. And um, he seems very humble, and he, he wants it. Uh, you can't become the champion golfer of the year uh, without without mm-hmm. wanting it and having those traits about you. And um, uh, the mental fortitude he showed coming down shooting that 64, especially grinding out that birdie on 18, and right. um, especially with all the missed putts, like the short missed putt, like, not short missed putts, but barely missing birdie putts. He, he barely missed so many putts, and that can get so frustrating a lot of times. 
and he just he just stuck with it and he got the couple more birdies he needed and ended up winning by I believe two or three and uh just his his mental toughness is the number one thing that stands out to me about him you know Justin another thing to draw away from that final round obviously you had Rory McIlroy and uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick there in that final pairing Molinari did not come to come um you know he did not win the tournament from the final pairing he won it early and that's something we saw you know the past week at the Honda Keith Mitchell posting a score early um and that's what Molinari did and basically made it impossible for Rory or Fitzpatrick to to uh to catch him yeah, um, yeah. which was quite impressive and, and that really shows how important I think sometimes people underestimate uh what what it means to post early they think that I'll oh, post early somebody else will just top it not necessarily that's that's another reason why I'd never give up going into the final round. You could be eight shots back, all of a sudden post seven under par, and all of a sudden the leader shoot a couple over and you win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, and you have no pressure on you at the same time while doing that. I mean, maybe a little bit right. once you realize you're at the top of the leaderboard. But, yeah, you come out and we're really free, and you're not too worried about, oh, i got to protect this lead from all these people. Like It's like, all right, I'm just going to come out try to light it up, get a, get a good paycheck. And before you know it, you're at the top of the leaderboard. And then, and then maybe those thoughts creep in a little bit, but you've already gone through most of your rounds. So you can just finish it off in style. Like uh, Molinari did by banging it off the flag stick from 40 or 50 feet. Exactly. And he, he uh, used the 2019 rules to his advantage there, Yeah, (laughs) uh, which was, which was actually, you know, that's a putt that that Tigers made several times uh, to win the tournament. About ten feet out, watching that, I knew it was in. I mean, it, yeah. just, it was it was right on that line. It was that speed slot that kind of curls down there. And I know Justin, you uh, mentioned it to me early this week or earlier this week, and you said, you know, Carson, that that's a putt that's almost easy to make, and a lot of people wouldn't agree with that. But I actually I, I agree with what you said. You, you just have to get the ball started on that right line and just know that it's going to curl in. Yeah, really is halfway down on that putt. It looks like it was good. Honestly. I mean, you can't, Yeah, I don't know how much someone can really like pick up on it as the putts in motion, like live, but really halfway down, you're like, man, that just looks perfect. And then it's like, a just like an art form and he just draws it like right in the hole. Right. Uh, And yeah, he gets the big fist pump. He gets the one point, probably like $5 million check. And, uh, the champion golfer of the year will uh, will uh, will be looking forward to his next event. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, it's 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 nice to see a major champion when when a tour of a, another big tour yeah. event to kind of back it up to kind of prove himself again. Um, not to you know you have to prove yourself after winning a major championship, but it does say something that, that you can win internationally at the open championship and then also win in the u.s on the pga tour at a very prestigious event that being the arnold palmer invitational so congratulations to francesco molinari um the only negative thing is i think he kind of took the fun out of the tournament toward the end yeah um he definitely does not i would not rank it on in the top three maybe not even the top five of most exciting events in the 2019 season i believe there's there's been nine or ten it, it's, it wouldn't even be in my top five. Yeah, I wouldn't say either. Individually, his performance on Sunday, I believe, is a very like high, is high up there. Like he played amazing and had a great finish. But overall, 
with all the other competitors in the tournament, with the way they played on Sunday, it didn't really come down to an exciting finish. They would have had to like albatross the last hole to get into a playoff. So, right. so yeah, that definitely took away from the excitement of that individually. It was a great performance for him and a ton of excitement like around him individually, like I keep saying, but, but yeah, no, uh, Rory, I, I mean, I expected a little more out of Rory. He definitely could have made a little bit of a run. Um, but, you know, Molinari did the same thing this year that Rory did to everyone last year, coming from way behind early to post a score and end up winning. That That's exactly right. That's a good point, Justin, about Rory. He has been – I believe there's a statistic that was uh, thrown out on uh, Golf Channel the other day that said Rory has been in the final pairing like maybe the last six times Rory has been in the final pairing. He's, he hasn't won. He's 0 for 6. He hasn't been able to close on Sunday. That is the biggest question leading into the, the really the heart of the season, starting here with the players, and then you got the Masters, and then the rest of the season consecutively you have a, a major championship a month. Can he find a way to finish? Because no doubt he'll find his way into contention again. Yeah. Um, it's just the fact that if he can finish or not, that's the big question. Yeah, I just, so. I just really want to know what happened to Spieth and Rory. Like, oh, like both of them, like they four majors out of nowhere, three majors out of nowhere, like next Tiger, and now neither of them are winning any more majors. I mean, if, if they prove me wrong in the next coming years, perfect. Then I'm getting what I'm asking for, but – but, like, they, they were so hot, like, these young prodigies, and they're still, like, obviously great golfers and the best golfers in the world. But there's just a little something that was there that isn't there now that they really need to, you know, rediscover to, to bring back uh, the major championship winning style of golf that they, that they grew a little accustomed to. Mm-hmm. With that, Justin, let's move right on to the players because I think that's, that's a great segue um, especially with Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth is going off at 159 tomorrow in the first round. This is kind of a unique aspect for our viewers uh, for this podcast. We normally do our podcast on Tuesdays. We're doing it on a Wednesday night. We're giving you basically the best information that you could possibly get before the tournament because we, we've let everything sort of play out in the practice rounds, all the news conferences, all the tee times, everything's set, the golf course is prepped. And we're ready to, to preview this tournament for you. So he's going off at, at 159 tomorrow with Fowler and Kepka. Justin, what do you think of that pairing? Is this Spieth tournament to maybe turn it around? That's a great pairing. Uh, like three of the most exciting players to watch in the game worldwide uh, playing together. Fowler and Spieth are really good friends. I'm sure they're good friends with Kepka too. Uh yeah, I mean, you expect all of them to do well. It's just the consistency factor with Spieth, I just haven't been seen. And at the players, even when he had been doing really well in majors, you really didn't see him doing too well on the players. So the players has kind of been a players. The players has kind of been a, <laughs> a bit, been a little bit of a hurdle for him to do consistently well in all four days. Hopefully, this is the year he really overcomes that and shoots like three over in his opening round and gets himself off to a good start and he can continue to build off of that or, or even better. I mean, but, but you see, you typically you see Spieth drop like a four or five over in the players. So like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that happens almost every single year. And <laughs> it does. Obviously Fowler's won the event. Um, so you expect him to be, to play well. I don't know about when, but I expect, yeah, I mean, expect him to be capable of winning. And then, you know, you know, you got Kepka who lives for the big moment, uh, really loves and flourishes in the big tournament 
atmosphere. And this is the biggest prize pool ever in a PGA Tour event. $2.25 million is the largest prize ever for any PGA Tour event, if I heard that correctly. So with that being said, I expect Kepka to show up 100%. And it'd be awesome if all three of them do. Exactly. Another pairing to to look out for, and now this this is the part of the podcast that I know everyone enjoys because it's the time that Justin and I can talk about Tiger for a little while as a loud plane flies over the podcast room in my basement. Hmm. Um, I'm sure listeners will be able to hear that when they they listen to the podcast. (laughs) But he goes off at 127 tomorrow with uh, Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed off hole one. Good pairing. Um, maybe not as good as the Fowler, Kepka, and Spieth pairing, but Tiger is back after a week off. You know, we discussed earlier Tiger with the next next strain. He had a press conference um, yesterday and really went into detail about this next strain. And I want to go over that with the viewer or the listeners and what he basically said was he was feeling this tightness in his neck all the way back at the open championship last year at Carnoustie. That's a long way back. Yeah. And he said, it's kind of, it's kind of been in waves and he really started to feel it at the WGC in Mexico. So that could explain, you know, he finished strong down there. I believe it was, he finished 10th. So it was a good finish, but some of the shots that he hit, you could see that he was pulling the ball that, that, should have been a sign for a lot of people that maybe something was a little bit off. Um, but overall, he said it's nothing to worry about. He's feeling good this week. He got it worked on, loosened up. Um, and since his lower back is fused, he said in the press conference, the stress has to go somewhere else. And the stress went to the neck. So he said he has to be really cognizant about keeping his lower back loose and flexible. Um, Justin, you know, th- does that does that seem like something that we could be seeing that we could see constantly popping up this year and being an obstacle for Tiger? Or do you think that, that it's not really that big of a deal and people are, are sort of overanalyzing a, a little bit? Uh, as of now, I say it's nothing to worry about. But, you know, if, he, if this starts becoming uh, more present and what he's talking about, and he starts, you know, not playing super well, and then this is the fallback, like his next time, which is an honest, legitimate excuse if that's what's causing him not to play right. well. But if that's what starts to happen, then I believe it becomes a little bit more of a concern. But I, I wouldn't say so so far yet. I'd say he's, I wouldn't worry about him with his neck. Uh, and I actually – I was going to go uh, – a little far here and, and predict each round Tiger's score. What he's going to Oh, I like with. it. I got a piece of paper right in front of me. I'll write it down. I'm going, he's going to come out on fire tomorrow. Go five under. All right. Then so one, 67. Yeah, then one under. Then three under. Then four under. Okay, minus one. Third round, three under, and yeah. then final round, four under. You yeah, I, and I, I believe that'll be top five. If that score wins, then he, he'll, he'll win. But I, I don't know. I just believe that will be what he what he ends up at, which I think is I think is like thir- thirteen under. That's a, that's a good prediction. It is. Yeah, let's see what that is. So six nine. Yep, yeah, it's thirteen. It is in fact thirteen under. Yeah. So. That score will definitely be in contention. He'll find his way into contention with that score, no doubt. Um, 
you know, that's a good prediction, Justin. If you look at, at Tiger's past couple tournaments, he's had a 15th. I believe it went like 20th, 15th, 10th. It only yeah. makes sense that he would get fifth Yeah. <laughs> um, in this tournament. So good prediction there. Uh, another couple pairings I just want to go over before we make our actual picks and, and discuss a little bit more um, about the tournament uh, is the 832 pairing is Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, two Justins in the pairing, and Xander Shoffley, and that is, I believe, off hole one, eight. 53 pairing is Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and Sergio Garcia. And then the 904 is Mickelson, Kucher, and McElroy. Um, all very solid pairings. That's, that's Justin and I kind of went in, looked at the pairings, and selected uh, the, the top five pairings. That That's pretty much the top five. Um, obviously, you got every single top 50 player in the world at the players. So, um it's a loaded field and it's hard to select, but, but that's sort of what we have it narrowed down to. Um, Justin, is there anybody that stands out in, in any of those pairings to you? And um, also just who, who's your, uh, who's your pick to, uh, to win the players? Yeah. So there's a few names that you got to like Kuchar. You got to like Justin Rose. And I mean, we haven't really mentioned Webb Simpson, but think about last year, he completely routed the field in the second and third rounds. And like right. had literally already won the tournament before the fourth round and shoots over par and, and wins by four. Um, right. So Webb Simpson, I mean, he, I don't know how, how badly he wants this event. Like he had a, his father passed away shortly before he won last year. So I know he had a lot of motivation with that, but I, I feel like he's being a little overlooked, honestly. I feel like he might be able to find his way up at the contention. John Rahm's a good name. Um, I bought it personally. You know, I'm just taking Tiger. I'm going to take Tiger to win it. Tiger's your pick. I like it. Him. I believe top five guaranteed for him, but I, I'm just going to take him straight up also because I don't know another name that I like more uh, to win. I, I like Justin Rose a lot. Kuchar sounds good, but but Tiger, I like Tiger. So, Justin, obviously, like I said, a loaded field, a lot of fantastic players in it. It's really hard to pick the winner this week. If we are able to pick the winner, um, then this podcast should go worldwide, frankly, <laughs> because uh, three for four. It, it, it takes it takes a lot of a lot of talent to do that. Um, and maybe maybe a little bit of luck involved, but yeah, a little we'll, bit. we'll call we'll call it talent. But I think the majority of the listeners would be very critical at, at the player that I I decide, or that I picked to win this tournament because it doesn't really give ourselves the best uh, statistical chances in uh, in projecting the the winner correct correctly or predicting the winner co- correctly for this tournament and. My guy for the, for this week, he, ever since that he, he decided um, that he was good to go to play the event, and ever since I got the news that he has been working with a new putting coach, um, this player has not really had any use of swing coaches for a little while, uh, several years, in fact, and uh, be finally decided to work on his, on his putting, and uh that's been the really only aspect of his game that he struggled. And that guy, hopefully you guys can reject that guy's Tiger Woods. <laughs> we have two Tiger picks this week at the players. Tiger's the guy. He, he, I mean, he is the guy to win this term. I think everyone's looking at Tiger going, 
it's time to make something happen. It's time to win again. Um, his last win coming at the Tour Championship last year, he's in better form than he was when he won there. That's why I think he's going to win. If he can just get the flat stick and, and you know, go in and, and get the ball going into the hole, um, he, he can really go low. Um, look for Tiger. The biggest key is going to be for him to keep his putts in the 20s every single round this week. That'll be the key to victory. Yeah, so we both like Tiger, obviously. I think that that 13 number right around there is what where he'll be around. It's just how tough the course plays. If it plays tough, then he's going to be looking really pretty at that 13 number, uh, my opinion. So, yeah, I just I don't know why I think that's what he's going to end up. But, you know, I guess we'll see shortly we'll if see, that's you know, what happens. And if that's you what gotta, happens, then, you know. <laughs> you got to go with, go for it with your prediction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Another worthy note um, for everyone out there listening is the players is normally played in May. This tournament is normally played in May. And in May, the temperatures are warmer. Uh, the ball's really going further because it's playing a lot firmer, a lot faster. The greens are rolling a lot quicker. Now they moved it back to March. So this tournament being played in March this week, You've got some warmer temperatures the first two days and some cooler temperatures on the weekend. The golf course is a lot softer. It's going to be playing longer. The greens will be a little bit more receptive. But David Duvall, who played in multiple major champion or multiple, yeah, multiple major championships. Obviously, he was one of the best players in the world uh, for for a certain amount of time. He was number one in the world um, and arguably Tiger's greatest opponent uh, for for a certain amount of time on tour. But David Duvall goes on Golf Channel the other night. He's like, guys, this it, this tournament being played in March makes it significantly tougher um, than when it's played in May. So I look for scores. Um, I look for that winning score, frankly. You know, Justin, I like that prediction of 13 under. I think it's going to be more around that 10 number, maybe nine even, maybe eight. I think this course is going to play hard this week. Yeah, and you know, honestly, the more like the lower this, not lower, like the the closer to par the winning score is, I think the better chance Tiger has of winning the event. Um, if it's like an eight or nine, and that's the top number, Tiger's going to be looking at his chops, and he's going to be like, "That's easy, I got this. I've already done this. I don't know how many times. I think he's won two times. Has he won two times? I believe he's won the players players two times. Okay." Yeah. He's looking for his third time, and if it's if it's barely under the double digits, I think he's just you know going to go grab it, going to pounce on it. I'd, I'd sure love to see it. I know no, you I'd would be a blast. Too, Justin, yeah, definitely. And, uh, I'm sure we'll have a great Sunday watching it. Hopefully, together. You know, if Tiger is, uh, especially if, if everyone's close, um, and uh, Tiger's in contention, we'll even make it more more exciting. Um, oh yeah, to watch and uh, right. get Phil in there too somehow. Right, get Phil, get Jordan. I'd like to see Jordan. Definitely, up there. That would be nice to see him back. I know we discussed that earlier. Um, but one more thing to touch on before we wrap up the podcast. That's the final three holes at uh, TPC Sawgrass in uh, in Florida. Obviously, a world renowned golf course. That's where the players is at. For those of you who don't know, last three holes, sixteenth uh, long par five, but it's reachable. Um, they got water kind of up the right side of the green, um, long for some players, I guess short for, for others. Um, 
But that second shot, there's a lot of risk reward involved. You can definitely hit hit it into the water. Obviously, the 17th, Island Green, maybe the best hole in the world, most famous hole in the world. It's incredible. Pete Dye design. And then the 18th, you've got water going all the way down the left side. Tiger's known to hit a stinger draw. I know I sent, (laughs) Justin, I sent you that video of Tiger stinging uh, draws earlier this week. Um, And and that's a hole where he'll, he'll definitely probably play that on i know the conditions will be softer and they're firmer in may we normally see him play that later into the year but i could see him using it possibly um you know maybe with like a three wood um on this par four 18th but it's, it's a longer hole um and tiger i believe in his practice round said he hit three wood three iron in um Jeez. so that's going to be playing tough look for scores to be high on those last three holes coming in but also look for some guys to really take advantage and go low because you can birdie, you can go eagle birdie on 16, 17 and just par 18, maybe even snag a birdie on 18. And all of a sudden you're gaining some serious shots on the field. Um, you know, Justin, you can also see a 12, like uh, Bob, Bob Tway made back in, I believe, 05 on the 17th hole. I, I don't even know how you do that. Uh, well, the way to do that is, let's see, uh, <laughs> one in the water, hitting three from the drop zone in the water, hitting five from the drop zone in the water, hitting seven from the drop zone in the water, hitting nine from the drop zone. Uh, in the water. Either in just... the water or on the green <laughs> and then a three putt. If it's in the water, then 11 from the drop zone and then make the putt. But more than likely, <laughs> it was uh, hit nine on the green and then down in three for a 12. You know what? That's actually a situation where I wish you would have made a 13 and just hold it from the drop zone. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. He'd probably just quit golf after that. <laughs> Justin, obviously, hole 17 stands out. But what's your favorite – you know, and if it is 17, that that's great. What is your favorite hole um, in that stretch? And also, what is the hole that you believe a lot of people – you know, it could be any hole actually on the golf course that you believe a lot of people don't really recognize as being a marquee hole or don't really understand how pivotal it is. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I, you know, 16 is the one that stands out the most to me, but I believe a lot of people do recognize how pivotal that hole is. You see, you see Ricky Fowler a few years ago, I believe he hit, I don't know what he hit for his second shot, but he brought it in on the right side of the hole like a couple yards from going in the water and makes Eagle and like goes five under in his last five holes to end up winning. So 16 stands out a lot. There's going to be some, some big moves on, on 16, whether it be a double bogey all the way down to an Eagle. Um, and then 18 hole 18 is the finishing hole. Everybody knows it obviously. And it just, it's such a tough hole. Like it's so, especially if you're, you need a par to win or a par to go to a playoff. Like, that is not the hole you want to have to play to make a par on. That's right. You just have water all down the left. Um, you know, say if you hit a fade, you really got to kind of aim it on the edge of the water and trust your fade. Um, and if you draw, you overdraw it a little, then you're in the water. And then now say you bail out right into the trees, good luck making par from 200 yards out and heavy rough with trees on your way. So, very tough hole. Ricky Fowler somehow – played it amazingly a few years back when he ended up winning he had like a 340 yard draw which sure is really did. what you need to be in a decent position off that tee 
Um, but yeah, no, just if someone's going to make a par on that hole, uh, any point or, or birdie, I honestly, if, it, if you need a birdie, it almost like frees you up a little bit more. Cause it's like, I got to go for it anyways. might as well, you know, like attack it. No fear. But if you're trying to make a par, it's just coming down the stretch. It's going to be a, the, the most pivotal hole. Right. And Justin, no lead is safe. I don't care if someone's up by five shots going into those last three holes. They can lose it, and it's happened before. Players have uh, have really choked leads coming down the stretch, um, and they've also made charges at the same time. So the, the players is going to be absolutely incredible this week. It's so great to have the tournament back in March. Um, I'm looking forward to I know you are as well, Justin. I'm just looking forward to a fantastic week of golf, uh, especially with Tiger Woods back on the scene. Most definitely, and um, if you're a Tiger hater out there, then get off this podcast. And second, you got 49 other of the top 50 in the world to uh, to just watch and just admire their golf. Um, right. Sorry, sorry to call you a few my minority Tiger haters out, but but right, we we only need Tiger lovers on here. And um, but hey, if you if you're listening, you got so many other great golfers that are going to be playing this week, and um, no matter which group the golf channel or abc or whoever is panning on you're, you're gonna see uh some of the best golfers in the world hitting some of the best shots ever exactly you know this is definitely a pro tiger podcast i mean we we are big tiger fans on this on this podcast if you haven't listened to our past podcast we highly suggest that you go listen to some uh, one podcast in particular, we, we have like a 30 minute discussion on Tiger and his career. Uh, it's a fantastic discussion, a good summary, and then sort of gives our, our thoughts on, uh, on Tiger. But Justin, before wrapping this up, I want to ask you one final question here. How many more years do we have of Tiger Woods playing on tour and competing for a chance to win major championships and big events? Is he about like forty three right now or something? I believe he, I want to say forty two, low forty. Okay, I know he was forty two not long ago. I didn't know if he had turned forty three or not. Um, I'm gonna say ten years. Ten years, I that would be incredible. I think if he could get ten, that would be awesome. And and, and that's my hope. Um, I I think you know just you look at it, you look at him in Tiger has always been a guy who really has been a proponent of physical fitness of the game. He kind of led that movement. He definitely is is a BJ type of guy in the training aspect. Um, I just hope his back can hold the get hold, you know? Yeah. It's all dependent on the back because his new mind after going through what he's gone through is so strong. Now, Uh, as long as his back can can hold up and not deteriorate his mental game is going to keep him in there for 10 years guaranteed i mean he's the greatest golfer of all time i mean debatable to some people but top three undebatable to anybody so once you get that that doesn't just go away you don't just forget everything that you learn throughout your golfing journey so he's always going to have that mental strength now it's just if his back can back and knee and just other body can just really really keep up to the same extent vj has now just imagine um like tiger 
as a as a VJ at VJ at fifty two or however however old, but with Tiger's head, Tiger's brain. Um, and, exactly. And, you, and VJ damn near won at fifty six or fifty seven. <laughs> sure did. So that's fifteen years older than Tiger, and Tiger's also won probably five, six, seven more times, like times more than VJ on the tour, mm-hmm. and so. Yes, so, um, yeah, so I think I think we'll be seeing Tiger for a good ten more years on the PGA Tour competing. That would that would sure be fantastic. And feel free, all listeners on this uh, podcast, uh, to to message us. Let us know your thoughts on uh, on our different opinions, different takes, and even our different picks. Um, and feel free also to uh, to submit questions as always, and we'll be happy to answer. Um, anyone's questions about anything and everything in the game of golf, or if it happens to be um, just a specific question about rules or even the, the tournament that happened the past weekend, um, we will be happy to happy to answer any of those. So overall, Justin and I both picked Tiger for the players. It's going to be a great tournament. I hope everybody tunes in um, and watches because really there's a lot of action. There's a lot to learn. And, uh, it's incredibly, incredibly entertaining. It's one of the great sporting events of the year, um, not just in golf, but but in, in the worldwide sports um, around the world. So, Justin, you said to me right before we, we started this podcast that Chestnut Hills is going to open up, I believe you said March 15th, which is this Friday. And it's March 13th right now. That means we have two more days. Well, really one, just tomorrow. And then it's open. That a golf course in Fort Wayne will be open and we can actually go play. Incredible. Yeah, I was ecstatic to hear and it's a little surprised that it was going to be this early. Um, The weather is going to be kind of crappy on Friday, unfortunately. But hey, it's before we know it. Looks like we got a tee time ready for next Friday. Going to be sunny and in the 50s. So even if we can't play this Friday, golf season's here. And over the next week, we'll be getting out on the course and having some personal um, adventures to be sharing with you guys on the podcast. Exactly. Let's let's call uh, Chestnut as soon as possible. Let's get that 1 o'clock time set in for uh, not this Friday, but the following Friday. And uh, we'll be out there playing and Hopefully, you know, we can just do a podcast right after and, and let, our, uh, let yeah. our listeners know how the first round outside in Fort Wayne, Indiana um, goes, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be incredibly exciting, and I'll be off to Hilton Head playing a lot of different courses down there, and uh, there'll be a lot to talk about, and then I'll be heading back, um, and Justin and I will play a lot more golf. I know Justin will be out to a few of our matches um canterbury golf season starts so that'll be exciting and then um our tournament season the tournament schedule starts up after that so a lot of golf ahead of us this is a very exciting time of the year for everybody interested in the game of golf and uh we're just happy to have the opportunity to uh, bring this podcast to, to everyone out there and uh hopefully make your your enjoyment of golf um enhanced and, and even better so um uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, enjoy the players. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Make sure you tune into the players and go Tiger. Go Tiger.